this isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did Caesar live here? Um, no. I don't think so. I went to Vegas last weekend. Pretty crazy. Vegas, baby, Vegas! Gentlemen, welcome to Las Vegas. Why don't you give me half the money you were gonna bet? Then we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. Some guys just can't handle Vegas. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 39 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. My name is Jeff, and I am more than happy to be your host for this podcast adventure to what I like to think of as the greatest city on the planet, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. The topic for this episode of the podcast comes courtesy of listener Jacob Kell from Denmark, who sent me a message via Twitter. He said, I really hope you'll do an episode with tips and tricks for the Vegas low roller food, drinks, gambling, shows, etc. Well, Jacob, your wish is my command. And joining me to talk about living life as a Vegas low roller is friend of the show, back for his second appearance on Jeff Does Vegas, Sergio Portizen, the creator of the website Viva Las Value, which we featured way back on episode number 14 of the podcast. Sergio and I talked about some amazing websites to find Vegas hookups at discounted prices, suggestions for great low roller hotels, food and drinks, ways to make your cash last longer when gambling, and how to generally make your bankroll go further on your Las Vegas vacation. Sergio was also kind enough to tease a few stories from his degenerate diaries, which you can read on the website at vivalasvalue.com. Please enjoy my conversation with Sergio Portizen. Well, Sergio Portizen, thank you, my friend, for uh, for taking the time to jump back on. I feel like it's been forever. The last time we talked on the podcast was all the way back in episode number 14 of the podcast. I can't believe uh, that was 14. We are now at number 39. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. No kidding. No kidding. How have you been, my friend? Pretty good. It's been uh, pretty hectic starting starting a new job out in Colorado. So I moved, been getting settled in. Um, so it's been going great. I love to be back in Colorado, which is also closer to Vegas than Nebraska. So it's really hard to complain about that. Um, but it is easy to complain about the fact I haven't been since I went before my move at the end of June. So I'm itching to get back out there. <laughs> Well, I, I've had a few people that have contacted me and have said, Jeff, you know, you really should do an episode about, you know, doing a low roller Vegas trip, because I mean, not everybody going to Las Vegas is a whale. Not everybody's going out and dropping a, you know, a thousand dollars a hand on blackjack or, you know, blowing thousands of dollars on bottle service and, and, you know, high end expensive restaurants and, you know, hangover suites at Caesar's palace and things like that. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I really should do that. And I, I know a guy that can help me out with that. It's a guy that runs a website called vivalossvalue.com, and I've had him on the show before, and his name is Sergio. So here you are, back on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's great to be back. So I, I do want to talk about, you know, again, the, doing the low roller trip and, and, and things like that. And, and I thought maybe we could sort of, we could start off by talking about, you know, the pre-trip prep what you have to do to get ready for a low roller trip. I know there's a lot of different websites and places and things like that where people can go and, and look for deals and, and search things out. So let's start there. What are some some websites that people should maybe um, you know check out and, and spots they should start maybe hunting around on the web for, for deals to, to save a little bit of, little bit of scratch when they go to Vegas? I would say um, first of all, order the American Casino Guide and Las Vegas Advisor which are both coupon books. Um, the American Casino Guide you can get on Amazon for usually under $15, and the coupons in there easily um, will return that and more. And then the American Casino Guide, or the uh, Las Vegas Advisor, you get through that website, lasvegasadvisor.com. You can sign up for a digital or print subscription to the, a monthly newsletter, which has some good values in it, but if you're as... Uh, Dirty into Vegas as I am. It's usually stuff you've read before online, but it can be a fun little recap. Make sure you didn't miss anything. They'll publish like the top 10 values and different things like that, kind of show news and things like that, which is helpful. But the coupon book is really what does it. And there's some great ones in there. Um, you can use the, the coupons um, at the Players Club for free play. And you get about $200 worth of free play between the two books combined, which is like under $50 of cash. 
so they more than pay for themselves. Um, and they even have room discounts in there. But you want to order those in advance just so you have them shipped and they're they're there uh, well before your trip, so you have them. And so for for the American Casino Guide and the Las Vegas Advisor with the print editions, do they put out a new one every year, or is it just kind of a? I know you mentioned with the the Las Vegas Advisor, they they send out newsletters, right? Yeah. So there's a there's a new um, print edition of the coupons every calendar year. Okay. And you can conveniently redeem one coupon per um, book per calendar year. So, you know, just re-up them every year. If you've been going to Vegas for many years, you can get in on the train or if it's your first time, it's a great time to start. Um, I've been using them since 2013 and it's a blast. And so what are some other websites that, that are, you know, good spots for people to check out uh, ahead of the trip to kind of do some, some pre-trip planning? Because I, I do find that, you know, and it, maybe it's because I go so often I can just kind of show up and, and I feel like I can just show up and wing it. But for a lot of people, I mean, Vegas is an overwhelming place. It's a big place. There's lots happening. This might be, you know, either your first trip or your, your first trip ever or first trip in a long time. You really do need to kind of organize this stuff in, a, in advance ahead of time. Absolutely. Um, my main starting point that I like to go to is Vegas.com and just search the dates you'll be there for the hotel. And it'll, it'll show you results from every hotel and uh, casino on the Strip, downtown, off Strip, in Summerlin, and all of that. And it'll just kind of be a useful price point to see what you're looking at. Um, generally, it should be like under 150 night. If it's over that, the time you're looking at is probably uh, kind of peak season, be it a conference or um, big sporting event or like the national finals rodeo, things like that. So if, if you're looking in the room, seem exorbitant on Vegas.com, even at the lower end places, if you have any flexibility, I would encourage people to maybe look at a different weekend that would be cheaper. Uh But then from there, I like to go to the players clubs for, um, MGM and Caesars entertainment. And if you don't have one of those, you can sign up before you go. And you'll immediately unlock exclusive member rates that are a lot cheaper, often than Vegas.com. So kind of go between those two and see what's cheaper. You get free cancellation um, up to like three days before you leave through them. So there's there's no uh, real risk in booking through them, even as a placeholder. But I've found with Caesars especially that they've had some screaming deals lately. And you can get quote-unquote comp rooms that you're only paying the resort fee on which will add about $40 a night. That's, I think, the biggest pitfall for um, for cheapskates like me going to Vegas or people who are going for the first time or haven't been in a decade or two is the resort fees. Almost all places now, since they're pretty prolific, will tack on anywhere from like $25 to $50 a night on top of the room rate as a resort fee that you pay when you get to the hotel. So even if you're booking third party through Expedia or any of those um, discount sites, the hotel still gets their share when you check in. Right. So watch out for those and kind of, I, I would just say mentally add $40 to each room rate unless it explicitly says no resort fee, which to my knowledge, the only places that don't have it for, um, you know, excluding people who are high up in the players club is four Queens and Binion's downtown. And it's interesting that you bring up about the, um, the new, uh, new member bonuses for, you know, places like Caesars and, and MGM, because I've seen that myself where, you know, I've had friends that have asked me questions about, you know, where should I stay? What should I look at? And the first question I always ask them is, are you a member of, you know, Caesars rewards or, or M life or anything like that? And when they tell me, no, I'm like, oh, you got to sign up right away because a lot of them, it's like they're doing this to try to suck you in, right? They'll get you those super deep discounts or those, like you say, the quote unquote comp rooms just for signing up. They just want you to come to Vegas. Oh yeah. And I mean, seriously to go to Vegas and not have a player's card is leaving money on the table. If you're staying at the hotel, you're probably leaving at least a hundred dollars on the table. My, my friend was looking to go and he asked me, he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for this four day weekend. You know, what can you do? He, he's like, I found this room for uh, 350 bucks. I think I got a great deal. Like, see what you can find. I said, sign up for this player's card. Um, go to Total Rewards, or I guess Caesars Rewards now. Um, they, they renamed it. But go to Caesars Rewards. He signed up. 
and he got the same room for 120 a night yeah. or 120 total. And it blew his mind. I mean, he hadn't even gambled there. Yeah. Just entering his email and getting the card saved 200 bucks right off the bat. Yeah. They just, they just want you on their list so that they can, you know, try to convince you to come back. And, and, and again, that's always the biggest thing. I always tell people, even if you're not planning on, you know, being a, a Vegas regular or spending a lot of time down there, as you say, you're leaving money on the table if you don't sign up for one of these cards. Yeah, I, I bring my mom out and she's not a big gambler and I made her sign up and she she got a, a free $10 uh, table match play at Caesars when she signed up. And, you know, MGM gives you stuff on your birthday at the Luxor. You can spin the wheel and get free play. Like, you you know, you can you can go without putting any money in and still get the perks. You get discounts at the gift shops. Um certain restaurants will do stuff and of course if you're if you're a gambler it adds up even faster but absolutely everyone staying or playing in vegas should have players cards any uh, any suggestions for websites for um things like show tickets or attractions or or things like that i mean i know there are if you just go on google and search out vegas attraction deals or vegas show deals you're going to get a, a ton of hits back but are there any specific ones that you recommend um, I've had a lot of success with Groupon and Living Social. You kind of got to browse and find what works for you. Like a lot of kind of junkier places will advertise on there and try to make it sound like they have really good deals. But periodically, the high roller will have um, discounted tickets through them. I know that zip line that they have at the link also has pops up there quite frequently. But it can be a really good place to save on um, bars and restaurants. One of my favorites that I've done through Groupon, and it's almost always up there, is the Vanguard Lounge downtown. It's a craft cocktail bar, and they basically give you 50% off, so you can get a $40 credit for spending only 20 And periodically, Groupon will do like 10 or 20% off deals to further discount that. Um, Banger Brewing downtown also pops up quite frequently, and you can get like a flight and a, a growler and some souvenirs pretty cheap. So I, I usually do that to, to save on kind of food and drink for places that I'd like to go. Um, and then Travel Zoo also will have stuff um, that can be some great deals. And in terms of show tickets, I usually wait till I get there because my plans in Vegas can change so much. I don't like to be committed to a show too far in advance. Mm -hmm. So I'll go to the ticks for tonight's booth that are all throughout the strip. Um, little kind of red and orange, yellow booths. It'll sell tickets the day of the show at a pretty steep discount. So I like that for the flexibility. But you, you can book um, tickets through the Players Clubs as well at a, a nominal discount. Mm -hmm. But if, you're, if any of the Cirque shows at the MGM Properties Appeal, going through the MyVegas can be a really great way to get free tickets or buy one, get one free, half off heavily discounted things off box office prices yeah the the ticks for tonight is is an interesting uh thing to mention and i've i've had some really good luck with with buying tickets through uh through ticks for tonight on on the strip as you say i mean you're wandering along the strip it's not going to be very long before you stumble across one of these these ticks for tonight booths and it's usually there's somebody out front trying to <clears throat> excuse me trying to drag you in to to get you to buy tickets through them as well and yeah you can score some really good deals through them and they don't just do show tickets either they're they've gotten into doing you know tours and and uh, buffet passes and restaurant passes and all kinds of stuff now that they've gotten into as well yeah they've got attractions i mean pretty much everything under the sun if you're really i mean if you're trying to fill a couple hours in vegas and you don't know what to do um I would say going to Ticks for tonight and just talking to them to see what they have would be a great way to go if you can get yourself out of the casino, which is my problem. I normally <laughs> can't. Um, you briefly mentioned the My Vegas, and uh, My Vegas is a, for those that don't know, is a, a Facebook game. And I mean, everybody's on social media, everybody's on Facebook. Um, you know, and that's all you need to play is a Facebook account. Um, there's, of course, there's My Vegas, there's Pop Slots, there's My Konami. Um, worth playing, worth doing, you think? Um, I've got a lot of good value out of it. They do kind of consistently devalue it, and, uh, ruin the rewards kind of neuter it more and more every time but it 
you get free stuff. So you, you really can't, can't complain about it too much. Um, Mm -hmm. they do have a lot of the in-app purchases. They follow that model, but just never fall for it. Um, you know, if you're going to spend money on slots, do it in a casino where you'll win real money instead of digital coins that don't do anything. Yeah. But I, I've got, I've went to love Ka, Zumanity, got $25 of free play from them. I've gotten like buy one, get ones at buffets and stuff. So there, there's definitely some value to be had there. Getting kind of the premium rewards can be difficult. You got to really be on top of it. There's a Facebook group called My Vegas Friends that's really helpful. They have a refresh thread that once you accrue enough of the loyalty points to be able to redeem for prizes, um, they'll they'll post when it refreshes. And then if you jump on right away, you can normally get something good. There's a, a great website, too, uh, that kind of goes along with My Vegas called MyVegasAdvisor.com. And I kind of stumbled across this one day. Somebody had posted about it in one of the the multiple Vegas Facebook groups that I'm a, I'm a part of. And this particular day, I don't know why, if it was a glitch or what it was, but it's all of the the bonus links and the rewards links for bonus coins. I mean, every day my Vegas sends out a, an email for you know my Vegas or Pop Slots or my Konami, where you know click on it and get you know more more. Uh, coins to to play on the slots this particular weekend it was like they were i don't know what happened i don't know if you know somebody went crazy or what but it was billions of free slot coins and so it was a really great way to to build up the um uh, build up your your credit so that you can play because of course much like real slots the more you gamble the bigger the reward and the quicker you can move up and the more gold coins you earn, which you can then turn around and redeem. And I find the myvegasadvisor.com almost every day, there's anywhere between a million and two million uh, points or coins that you can collect from that website, which again, like I say, that's a great way to to start, you know, moving up quicker within your, um, uh, within your my Vegas so that you can get those rewards faster. Oh, absolutely. I, I still have coins from that, that like 3 billion coin weekend. It yeah. was a magical moment. Um, but yeah, going, going to my Vegas advisor daily and just getting the, the coins and kind of playing through them is, is great. I mean, it's, you know, spend five, 10 minutes on it when you're bored at work on a break before bed or whatever, just when you, when you're kind of on your phone dicking around anyways, right? it's a great way to kind of get rewarded for it. I find it interesting the way you mentioned about the my Vegas devaluing things too. And this is another, another thing that I've, uh, I've come across. If you're going to redeem my Vegas, any of those rewards from my Vegas or, or pop slots or my Konami, you need to do it before you go to Las Vegas. Oh yes. Yeah. You go there. It's a dead zone. Well, and, and I guess my, from my understanding is because a lot of these, these rewards are, you can't be a local of Clark County or of, of Las Vegas or, or anywhere. So of course your phone has got your location on it or your, you know, your computer's got your location on it. They're tracking where you are. And so once you arrive in Vegas, forget it, you're done. Yeah. And one other thing to note is that they, they now classify them as like premium rewards versus regular. Right. So the ones where you have to spend money, like our regular, but where you're getting something truly for free is premium. So like if you're getting free play or if you're getting a free show ticket or a free scoop of ice cream or whatever, those count as premium. And I believe you can only redeem like three premiums per month. Yeah. So you got to kind of be strategic with those. Um, I definitely think the show tickets are where the value is. Because in a surprising move for MGM Resorts, they actually don't hit you with any fees on it. So you truly do get a free ticket. That's that's impressive because I know like even obviously with the rooms and I I've redeemed rooms. I've been lucky enough to use, you know, free rooms from my Vegas. I've had uh, freebies and comp nights at Park MGM and the Luxor. And you do get good good deals occasionally and you know sometimes it's like oh there's two free nights even at you know aria or something like that but they're still going to hit you with those resort fees on that yeah but i mean on the tickets when you print them it'll show um you know all of the fees and the the ridiculous you know bullshit charges that they come up with but it prints completely for free when you're when you're looking at you know i've seen like i said i've seen uh zoomanity ka and love and all of those were completely free. 
saw Fantasy as well, the uh, burlesque show at Luxor, which was actually pretty fun. Yeah, if you can get your hands on any of the show tickets through My Vegas is uh that's that's a deal in in my opinion because yeah, like show tickets, they are not cheap in Las Vegas the way people anticipate or, or have it in their head that the show tickets are flying around with the three ninety nine shrimp cocktail. Um, you know, they, they, uh, they are not cheap. So if there's a way you can save money on, on show tickets, this is a great way to do it. Oh, that reminded me. Um, well, two things, first of all, fantasy, they will let you bring your outside drinks in as they just won't let you bring in glass. So like the guy at the door was like, Oh, you can't bring that in. And I was like, Oh, sorry, I'll drink it fast. And he handed me a plastic cup. He said, Oh, pour it and enjoy. So that's a nice low roller tip. Save the money on that. Um, you know, just for for some of the lower production value shows, um, they'll they'll just let you in with whatever, as long as it's in a plastic cup. Um, that's amazing. Also, another anecdote: when I brought my mom to Manilo, um, they let us in with drinks from the bar. So you can you can maybe save on the overpriced drinks there. But another real value on on um, my Vegas, I went to Tournament of Kings at the Excalibur which is a, you know, love it or hate it. It's like a, you know, medieval jousting show with uh, horses, live horses and dirt and stuff. But they bring you a three-course meal with it. And uh, cheapskate tip, like me, you get pop included or soda for people who aren't from Minnesota. Um, But they'll give you unlimited refills. So just bring in some shooters and pour them in. (laughs) As long as you don't have any ethical qualms about getting drunk around uh, many children and families. But I will say that I befriended all of the kids in my section because I was very loud for France. (laughs) At the end, the grandma thanked me for enhancing the kid's experience. So, you know, make a kid's day and smuggle in some whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like that should be a slogan on a T-shirt and it could apply to multiple situations. I feel like that is also what would get me fired from my job. But (laughs) I like the T-shirt more. Um, any other websites or anything else that you feel people should kind of hit up before they head to Vegas or you think we've, we've covered most of the big ones? I think those are the biggies that I go to every trip. Um, but I think just reading around the more experiences you can read, the better, because the biggest caution I have, especially for first timers is that the strip is huge and what seems really close on a map is really not that close, especially when you factor in the heat in summer or um, the the drinking or whatever you may be doing or trying to catch a show or meet friends. So really kind of knowing where you're at. A lot of places like to say that they're a strip property, but they're really not. So like look at a map, truly understand where that is and like see how many miles that is because they can look close, but it can feel a lot further. Mm-hmm. And it's not fun to have to, to make a mile and a half tracker to pay for a lift every time you're trying to meet your friends who are staying somewhere else. So right. just kind of, and researching the experiences too. Um, this is probably more relevant for people who maybe went, you know, 20 years ago and haven't been back. I mean, places that, that used to be kind of nice might kind of be in the dump now. Mm-hmm. It's like the Rio is pretty run down. It used to be, you know, the, the, the hot new thing back in the nineties, the but now it's, it's pretty old and dated. So just kind of reading recent reviews and you can, if you're, if you care about room quality, you can go on YouTube and search for the room types and see walkthroughs that people have posted, which can be helpful to see what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. But just really the more research you can do, the better, because it, it's kind of hard to give advice widespread, wide scale, because you know, I'm always going to go for the cheapest room. So I have more money to gamble. I couldn't care less what the accommodations are like, but some people want the nice luxurious experience or to stay in something relaxing or quiet. So kind of knowing your preferences and reading, reading reviews to find what's in line with those is going to make you the happiest. So let's talk about some of those low roller recommendations then. Cause I mean, I know I have in my head when people will ask me, you know, I, I'm, I'm not looking to spend a lot of money on x so what do you recommend so let's start off with um hotel suggestions for the low roller what what are some you know we we can talk both on strip and off strip or whether you know you recommend one versus the other or or you know what the situation is but as far as as low roller hotels what would you recommend for somebody that's looking to save a few bucks on their hotel i would say my favorites on the strip 
are under the Caesars Rewards umbrella. I, I like Flamingo, Link, and um, Harris in, in that kind of center strip action. I love the location. And they're, you know, the rooms are nice enough. Planet Hollywood we can throw in there as well. Um, usually one of those four will have a pretty cheap, if not comp room offer, um, if you sign up and go through the, the rewards club. Um, Link is my personal favorite just because their cocktail waitresses will serve you a beer and a shot on the same order. Only because, you know, I've found that we'll do that. Right. So keep the tips flowing and they'll keep the drinks coming. But yeah, that, that area is my personal favorite. It's kind of center strip in the action. You, you get to kind of feel like you're, you're a higher roller than you are. Um, and really you're just looking at the, the resort fees, which are kind of the second tier for the Caesars properties. You're not paying the, the really, really high ones that just went up. So, you know, you can, you can generally score those for under a hundred a night, I would say, barring weekends or a busy time. But downtown is a great place for uh, value. It has the four Queens, which does not have resort fees. So you can often get good deals there. The El Cortez will often have cheaper rooms and uh, Fremont, Main Street Station, Golden Gate. You can get those at a deal quite often. It's, it's kind of hard to say downtown. There's some more variability, but you can usually get some, uh, some good rates there. And if you're a gambler, they'll, they'll generally throw you some comp offers, even with $5 red chip play, which is nice. Like I can get free, three free nights at the Golden Gate with my micro roller stakes, which is kind of nice. <laughs> I, I like how you've created a new level below low roller. You now have micro roller. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, people are like, Oh, I'm a low roller. I'm only blowing a thousand a day. It's like, what? I mean, I, I, I would say my average daily bankroll is like anywhere from a hundred to 200 a day. If a thousand a day is a low roller, then yeah, I'm falling into the micro roller uh, category with you. Yeah. Um, as far as other low roller properties, like I, I know I've had a few people say, you know, recommend the Excalibur or the Rio as, as low roller properties. What are your thoughts on, on those properties? Um, I don't want to offend any of your listeners who may enjoy the Excalibur, but I personally like to leave my hotel and feel cleaner than when I went there. <laughs> and I mean, I've had some bad experiences at Excalibur, so that could be coloring it. Jokes aside of my degeneracy, I mean, the Excalibur is pretty far south. It's not really by too much. You kind of got to rely on taking the tram, and it's it's definitely dated. And the Rio, I'm actually staying at in December just because it was the cheapest, but that one is pretty far off strip for being quote-unquote on strip. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think for me, there is a balance to a degree I mean, Rio or Excalibur can be all right if you are absolutely trying to save every dollar. But I would say factor in transportation, where else you're going to be going, um, and just kind of the experience you want. Because you know, if you if you if you're if you're saving ten dollars versus staying somewhere nicer, like think of the value there. Mm -hmm. You might you might have a better time somewhere else. That's why the Link Flamingo. Um, Bally's Harris and Planet Hollywood is kind of the sweet spot for me because I can still feel like I'm kind of classy and I'm not as cheap as I am kind of elevates the experience a little bit, but it's still totally affordable. Yeah. I've had that same experience with staying at, um, with staying at Luxor. I mean, it's again, uh, you know, a nice, nice enough property. And I mean, I, I stayed there last April when I was, uh, I was in town for a conference and, um, it was the cheapest place that I could find. And I stayed there specifically because it was the cheapest place I could find. And I was in town for a conference, but as you say, balancing the, the value versus balancing, you know, versus the, the cost of what you're going to spend on, you know, getting around and, and, and just that ability of, you know, being able to walk out the front door, like you say, at a place like the link or, or Flamingo or Harris, being able to walk out the front door and being in the thick of it all. There's restaurants, there's shopping, there's bars, there's everything right there, as opposed to walking out of the Luxor and having to go through, as you call it, the smoky pit of despair at the Excalibur to then walk outside and go across the street to New York, New York or MGM or Tropicana or any of that stuff. You're right. It's important to find that balance. Yeah. And it's going to be different for everyone. So like, you know, you can't really give blanket advice here. I know some people go and they like to stay in their room a lot of the day. And so like, you know, winter encore might be the best for them because that is 
bar none going to be the best in-room experience. But for me, I go to gamble to drink and, you know, sleep is pretty far uh, down on my list. Like, <laughs> right. You know, I just, I need, I need a shower that's going to make me feel cleaner when I leave a bathroom that works and a bed that I can, you know, sleep on for maybe six hours if I'm real lucky. Right. So I, I kind of being realistic about what you're going to be doing. If you're going for more of a staycation, treat yourself, spend a little more on somewhere you're going to enjoy. Cosmopolitan's incredible. Uh, my buddy likes to go there for my birthday. We, we kind of split a room there and kind of ball out and feel fancier than we are. So there, there's some value in that too. But if you're trying to just gamble or have, you know, a guy's trip, like don't spend too much on a room you're not going to be in. Like the, the hangover penthouse you joked about earlier. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. But in my mind, if, if I'm doing Vegas right, I'm only in my room to sleep. So we've, we've covered hotels. Let's talk food. This is probably one of my favorite topics in the world. There's, I mean, there's some amazing restaurants. You know, Las Vegas is a, is a place where, you know, celebrity chefs go. They, they bring their, their restaurants. They open them. They're expensive. They're high end. You've got Michelin diamond star restaurants. It's an amazing place for food. But at the same time, there are some incredible deals to be had both on and and I found particularly off the strip. You 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 know for the low roller the person that wants to save money, you know, there's a lot of places that that you can do that food-wise. Oh yeah. I mean it's it's astounding how many good deals there are or again how fancy you can go if you want or anywhere in between. Um a couple of my favorites on the strip first. Because believe it or not, there are still some good values you can get on the strip. Um, the best deal, in my mind, is the in and out on the Link Promenade. Um, you can walk over there, and you know you can get a burger and fries for like six bucks. And those burgers are great because they're greasy enough to cure a hangover, but they're light enough to not make you feel like shit. And those <laughs> things are miracle workers. I, I can't tell you the last trip I didn't didn't end up going there after taking advantage of the uh, shot of Jack and bottle of Bud Lights at the link. <laughs> so, and, and the promenade is just kind of fun. That's one of those places where the atmosphere is a little upscale. Mm. So you feel kind of, you know, you, you, you don't feel shitty about yourself going there. <laughs> there. Some of the other places that I'll recommend, you know, have a bit more of kind of a gritty uh, low roller feel, but the link is just kind of a nice little place. Like you almost feel like you're in California or something. Um, another deal on the strip that can be pretty good is, um, at pinup pizza at planet Hollywood and bear in mind, like the pizza itself is not that good, but it's massive and they'll do a pizza and beer for, I think it's like 10 or 12 bucks, but it's like a 16 ounce beer and a, you know, probably two, two slices of pizza. Mm. But my, my personal favorite pizza on the strip for, for value is, um, at the Flamingo food court believe it or not they have a 24-hour shop that has these massive slices of new york style pizza and it's literally a quarter of a pizza that they cut in half so you get two slices or a quarter of a pizza and they're probably 20 inches or something they're huge i mean it's nice and greasy um and it's it's some of the best pizza that i've had not in terms of quality but in terms of timing um i i met a buddy at the uh the bird bar where they have the 50 cent beers from five to six and he was just hammered and he needed some food in him. And I brought him there and he was just eating this, you know, greasy pepperoni pizza sauce is like dripping down his chin. And he just looked at me. He's like, this is the best pizza I've ever had, dude. Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, for nine bucks, that's a pretty damn good value. Does it compare to pizza rock downtown? Absolutely not. Am I going to say it's as good as secret pizza? No, not in a million years, but in the right mood, that's a pretty good value if you you can't be bothered to go somewhere else. I've been in that mood and I've been in that pizza place. I know exactly the place you're talking about. The last last time I was in town and I stayed at the Flamingo, I ended up there. Same deal. It was like three three thirty in the morning after a few beers, and yeah, this is this is exactly what I needed. And and you're right. Like when you can stumble across a deal like that, that's you. Yeah, you want to take advantage of that as much as you can. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of one of those things where like you're paying for the the um, convenience, but it's well, well worth it. Mm. Although funny story there, I, I, I wouldn't recommend going at like the bewitching hour of like, you know, like four to 5am 
where like the the East Coasters aren't awake quite yet, and you know it's it's really only the drunks and degenerates like me out there. Um, I watched these two two hookers trying to run a deal on this guy, and like one of them distracted him, and the other was trying to pickpocket him, and it was it was pretty messy. It was also a bit of a low point for me because they had walked past me in the link while I was playing like video park or something, and they tried to come on to me, and I was just like, no, I'm good. And then they recognized me over there. And I, I can tell you being recognized by a hooker at 4.30 a.m. as you're eating a greasy piece of pizza, not a, not a high point in anyone's life, but <laughs> that pizza was the high point. I can tell you that. <laughs> what, what are some of the off-strip spots that you recommend for, for the low roller? So off-strip, but very strip adjacent. It's walkable. Um, I wouldn't necessarily do it at night. But it's it's a very cheap Lyft or Uber if you're you're in a group and want to split it or don't feel comfortable walking. But Ellis Island has some great great deals on everything. That's probably if I could pick my like embodiment of the low roller spot, it's going to be Ellis Island. I mean they they brew their own beer in house. They'll comp it generously while you're playing. They got five dollar three two blackjack. They got nine six video poker for jacks or better. Um, and the the beauty there is you can play nickels and they still keep the pay tables. And they'll, they'll keep the comp drinks coming. But their cafe there is, um, I mean, it's pretty famous at this point for that Ellis Island steak special. But you, you throw five bucks in a machine, print out your voucher, and you get it for, what, seven ninety nine. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's a damn good steak. Again, it's not going to win any awards. But for $8, you get a steak, a potato, some, some veggies, and it hits the spot. They got, I mean, they have like half-pound burgers that are really good. It's just kind of that that nice comfort food that's uh that's really good they have barbecue there that i've heard rave reviews of they have really good house made root beer if you're into that drop a shot in there if you want to make it alcoholic i've had christina ellis from ellis island on the podcast to to talk about the place and and yeah i mean i've had a couple of amazing ellis island experiences i mean i i went in there my first experience was for prime rib at two o'clock in the morning you know 14.99 prime rib for a piece of prime rib that's as big as your head with you know mashed potatoes vegetables comes with a salad to start um you know breakfast at ellis island you know i i went in there it was eleven dollars with a tip i mean you know 4.99 for french toast and and you know three bucks or four bucks for a side of bacon and it's like six pieces of bacon Uh, the coffee is almost the most expensive part of that meal you know i mean it's it's I, I laughed when I spoke with Christine Ellis and I said, like, how do you guys make money? And then she reminded me they have a casino attached. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I think that is probably the the embodiment and epitome of of, you know, Vegas low roller and and in the most positive way. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Ellis is just do it right there. It is. It's the best. I try to go there every trip. I brought my mom who's not a gambler at all. She's not into the seedier joints and she just loved it. And also talking about value in the uh, Las Vegas advisor coupon book, they have a a coupon for three drinks or three rounds for two people free that you can bring up to the bar and you get six drinks and they're just super laid back about it. They're like, yeah, tell me what you want. I'll remember you come back. And and I was drinking Maker's Mark. I got three shots of Maker's Mark for free. Then I went and gambled and got more. Then I went and had a great burger. You you can't beat the place. That, that would be kind of my strip adjacent, but kind of standalone because it's so great. But then downtown, there is a ton of value down there. Um, apparently, I'm on a pizza kick, but there's two great pizza deals down there. You can go to Evil Pie for their happy hour, and you get a $5 slice and a beer. But... My my personal favorite because it combines great food and great value is the Pizza Rock Happy Hour, and they've got two, I believe. Um, I think they have one at like normal person happy hour hours, but then my personal favorite is the late night happy hour, which I think kicks in after like ten o'clock, nine, ten or eleven to close, and that you can get these personal pizzas for like five or six bucks, and oh, they are so good! Like it's quality pizza. And they have one with like prosciutto and a balsamic glaze. And it's just like next level, um, really discounted drinks. And they have these divine meatballs that you can get for like three or four bucks. It's, it's some like, like quality, quality food at a really good price. 
So I really recommend that. I uh, stumbled into Evil Pie one night when I got taken downtown by a, a couple of locals that wanted to show me around, and we had a few different local spots, of uh, uh, you know, off the strip and around, and and um, places like you know Hard Hat Lounge and and Dino's and and real places where you know you go with a local because you feel like if you went in there as a tourist, it would be like that scene in the movies where the strange person walks into the bar and everybody stops and looks at you. Oh yeah, it it felt like that. But we made our way downtown and we ended up at Evil Pie. And I can honestly say that in my mind, I think Evil Pie not only is is one of the best values, but is probably some of the best pizza I have ever had in my life. Is that Evil Pie or Pizza Rock? Evil Pie. Oh, see, Evil Pie is okay for me, but Pizza Rock is like, I dream of that pizza sometimes. I'm drooling right now. I haven't done Pizza Rock yet, so I may have to add that to the next trip. It is absolutely worth it. It's right across from the downtown Grand. I will I will add it to the trip and take your recommendation and try and hit it for a happy hour. Oh yeah, the late night one is my personal favorite, but you know, just make sure you get there. The the key for that one, I'll say, they do sell by the slice out front where you don't have to wait, which is convenient, but the the real like qualities in the restaurant. The slices there are decent. They're like 5 bucks, 6 bucks, but going into the restaurant and getting that personal pizza, it's like a sit down thing. You can go to the bar and not have to wait. It's it's divine. I'm adding it to it's it's on the list. It's going on the list for the next trip. <laughs> Tweet me when you go there because it's going to change your life. Definitely, definitely. Any other spots downtown for food you recommend for the low roller? Yes, I have two. Um, if, if you're a poutine fan, I was telling Jeff about this before we officially went on the air. Um, Binion's Cafe has some of the best that I've had. I mean, it's 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 simple, but they do it right. It's it's on the appetizer menu. It's five ninety nine and oh man, is that a meal? I mean, I couldn't finish it off drunk one night, like in that drunk hunger, I couldn't finish it. So it is far more than an appetizer, but they have some really nice like steak fries and then just, you know, a nice basic gravy, not trying to be pretentious, but it hits the spot and they just coat that thing in cheese curds. I mean, it's like molten. Like I burned myself and it was so good. I just kept going. (laughs) I just accepted that I was going to have like a burned esophagus the next day but it was damn worth it. It was so good. So that's a great value. And it sounds like you're describing a legit poutine. Now for, for, you know, I've got listeners all over the world with this podcast and, and outside of, you know, a few select American people and the Canadian people, most people probably don't have any idea what poutine is. And, and if you've been to Vegas, some of the places that, that provide poutine, it's, it's what I like to call fake poutine or pretentious poutine. Oh yeah. Because it's not you know, real poutine is it's fries, it's gravy and it's cheese curds and your teeth should squeak afterwards there. You know, the, the Gordon Ramsay poutine, I think there's the pub and grill has, has poutine. That is not poutine. That is, that is whatever. I don't even know what that is. The Robert Irvine one. That's like tater tots and, and you know, braised Guinness rib meat on the, again, that is not poutine. That is, that is a, a celebrity chef trying to, to do their own take on poutine. You need to, to have this poutine is what you need to have. Yes. It, it, I mean, it is as a Minnesotan speaking here. So basically honorary Canadian, um, <laughs> it is, it's like soul food. Like it's just like comfort food. It hits you. It's warm. It's good when you're drunk. It's not pretentious. It's simple. I mean like the, the gravy that they use at Binion's, I'm pretty sure is that like, you know, instant mix, but damn, does it hit the spot? It doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be pretentious. Just good and simple. I, I will put a link to the definition of true poutine up in the show notes uh, uh, for this episode so that people actually have an idea of what it is we're talking about. Because I know there's there's several people listening to this going, I don't know what a poutine is. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound. I don't know. It is amazing. It is possibly the it's the best food you'll ever eat. It's not good oh, yeah. for you, but it's the best food you'll ever eat. <laughs> oh, yes. It's it's proof that God loves us. Like you, <laughs> you have to try it if you have not. And one other spot that you mentioned you had off the strip. Um, yes. Another one downtown that I'm quite fond of is um, for breakfast. I'm a big breakfast guy. And this is more probably just my personal preference, but it's worth mentioning. Uh, Magnolia's at the Four Queens has probably my favorite breakfast you can order anywhere. It's called the Queen's Breakfast. 
And the reason it's so great is you get bacon and sausage and pancakes and French toast and eggs. Not or, and. So you get a taste of everything. And, you know, the, the portions are reasonable. Like you can, you can clear the plate and you won't feel like shit about yourself, but you also aren't hungry. But I'm really indecisive and I always waffle between all the different options and you can get a taste of everything there and it hits the spot. I think it's like $8.99 with the player's card. So that's just a personal favorite of mine because um, you get, get a little of everything. And then one other breakfast thing that's kind of, I think there's a location on the strip at the link, downtown at the plaza and off strip, but Hash House at GoGo is pretty fun if you're going with someone because their portions are massive. They, they call it, um, I think like smashed farm food is what they call it, but they have really good breakfast. They have, um, you know, really fancy pancakes you can get. They have like red velvet ones, carrot cake pancakes. Um, they have a chicken and waffles that's literally like a half of a chicken fried on waffles. <laughs> I mean, like, it's like a mound. Like, my friend took a before and after as I was eating it, and it didn't even look like I touched it. <laughs> so you could very easily go with someone, like, if you're going with a friend or significant other. I mean, you could find some if, you, if you're good with sharing food, find something you both like and split it, and you'll still have leftovers at the end. And the prices for two are pretty good. I mean, they're probably anywhere from like 14 to 17 bucks for an entree. But if you're splitting that two ways, that's a great deal. And they will do buy one, get ones for uh, if you sign up for like their birthday club or anniversaries and stuff like that, you can usually get a buy one, get one even. So that's a great place if you're going with friends and you're comfortable sharing food and they've just got some fun stuff there, but their drinks are really marked up. So if you, if you must have a drink with your, your meal, maybe bring one in off the casino floor. So speaking of drinks, let's talk about drinking as a low roller. I mean, alcohol kind of, I want to say, flows somewhat freely in Las Vegas. Um, and it is pretty easy to to score those free drinks if you know what you're doing. Oh, yes. It's, it's funny you said freely because it can be, you know, you can you can get paid to drink. You can get one for free. Or you can have a $51 Heineken, as I've had before, depending <laughs> on how your luck is going. Um, so, you know, I think that the big value here is that you can get um, free drinks while you're gambling. So they will comp them to you. Comped might be a more accurate term mm-hmm. d- than depending how gambling goes. But as long as you're tipping the cocktail waitress at least a dollar or two every time she comes, she will keep coming. I mean, I always will stop playing, like make eye contact treat them like a normal person, you know, be friendly. And it's always appreciated because it's, it's astounding how rude some people are to them. They won't even look up, mm-hmm. won't even stop what they're doing. They'll just bark out in order. But I mean, being friendly to them and tipping, they will definitely keep coming around. Um, for, for people with, you know, moderate bankroll or, you know, that just aren't as cheap as me, um, just, you know, finding a spot you like sitting there and tipping, the drinks will keep coming as much as you need them. Um, you can order, you know, domestics by the bottle um some places will have a few things on draft um usually kind of widely distributed stuff like like a goose ipa or something um and then there's a decent amount of like local craft as well and then of course any cocktails i definitely recommend ordering a call drink rather than you know a whiskey coke like order a jack and coke best case scenario they'll say oh cool you got it uh worst case scenario they'll say hey we got to charge you for that but we can give you so and so for free but if you order uh, just, you know, a well drink, you're basically leaving leaving good alcohol on the table. Right. So it's, it's always worth asking to see what they can comp, especially if you have a, a favorite liquor that you like. So like, for example, the Cromwell, um, this is a kind of a hidden value. They will comp Woodford Reserve. So, you know, just ask, ask the cocktail waitress what they can comp for your alcohol preferred type. And they'll, uh, you know, they'll let you know that. And oh man, she was... They got me pretty good there. They were pouring some heavy pours of that Woodford. I almost missed my flight. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just be mindful of the, the fact that for the cocktail waitresses, they have a huge area to cover and time is money. So don't go, what do you have? You know, be, be specific, be targeted, like ask, you know, what kind of IPAs do you have? What kind of, um, what do you have on tap? That sort of thing, rather than just what do you have? They can, they can make most things. They can do kind of the fancy stuff. They might ask you what's in them. 
So while you're gambling is a great way. Uh, if Table games, I've found the service tends to be faster. Uh-huh. Pygow is my hands-down recommendation for um, getting trashed at the tables. Because <laughs> you, you basically sit there and push the whole time. And you know you, you might win, you might lose, but it, you, you're basically treading water and drinking liquor the whole time. So Pygow is a great, great way to get into tables. Don't let the ten or fifteen dollar minimum scare you off, and you can buy in with like you know sixty bucks, and you'll probably leave with sixty bucks. You got to really, really swing bad to lose more than like fifteen or thirty on a fifteen dollar table, and you get more than more than the the value out of it because everyone else is there to drink too. So that that's usually the fun tables. Um, Craps can be a good one if you if you just go there and kind of play the pass line and don't don't make any sucker bets and don't don't you know go too crazy on on uh, placing numbers or anything. You can stand there for a while and still still ride the gravy train of free drinks. Or this this was a, a strategy that really helped me back in college when I was really on a budget. But I would kind of stake out the cocktail waitress's area that she was going and find a find a bank of machines like a little bit in front of her sit down and put a dollar in and look like I was playing when she, she walked by, put my order in and then just, you know, go on my phone, talk with my friends, wait till she came back, tip her and leave. As long as it looks like you're playing when you make your order and when you collect the drink, they really don't care, especially if you're tipping. So you can kind of stake out and like snipe a machine that can work. If you're, you're really trying to do a hit and run. Right. Um, Like that, that's what I'll normally do when I'm, getting ready to leave the casino because I have a personal policy not to walk down the strip without a drink in my hand. So <laughs> that's a great way to kind of get one on the way out. But really, if you can just kind of stay put at a machine or a table and just kind of play it slow, not gamble too much, which can get harder and harder the more you drink, um, the cocktail waitresses will take good care of you. You can even, you know, sometimes my friends and I will just post up at machines, pop in a 20, play it really slow, talk when the waitress comes around, make a few bets and you can, you can stay there. They know what you're doing, but as long as you're tipping, they're not going to do anything. I, I suspect in, in future years as they continue to find ways to, to penny pinch more and the bean counters continue to take over. They're going to, they're going to eventually switch to like a ticketed system. So ride it while you can. Yeah, and they're already starting to go to the uh, the red light, green light system with some of the video poker places. I know Caesars has already started that. I think MGM started it as well. Um, yeah. And I know they've they've been talking about slowly bringing that same that same system to the floor, and they've been testing it at some casinos outside of Vegas. So as you say, ride that train while you can, because I would suspect that it's gonna it's gonna get derailed very very shortly. Oh yeah, it's definitely a smoke them while you got them there. But um, you mentioned video poker. That's that's a great one too. Um, you know, even with the red light, green light, if you put a 20 in and you're max betting at quarters, which you should always be max betting, it's, I haven't actually had any issues. I can get pretty crotchety in my cheapskate-ness, um, but I haven't ever been denied a drink. I like to go play at, at O'Shea's and get that uh, frozen Bailey's comp. Mm-hmm. And I've never had any issues. I mean, the light stays green as long as you're betting with any frequency. And again, just being a decent person helps a lot too. Bartenders have some discretion. So, you know, they might say, hey, you're, you're kind of slow, like step up the play, but I got you this time. Um, obviously, if you're a dick, the bartenders will be like, sorry, the light's red. They'll look <laughs> for any reason not to, but... You know, if you're a decent person, you're tipping and you're playing, um, they'll take care of you. That can be nice because since you're right at the bar, um, they'll keep them coming. Favorite place to play downtown um, for video poker. There's two great ones. Main Street Station. There's a bar in the back called the Boar's Head Bar. There's a gigantic um, bronze pig on the wall. It's right next to the 777 um, Cafe. They, they'll count makers at the bar. They have brewery or a brewery in the house, so they'll comp you house made beers. Um, they also have domestics and stuff and whatever you want. But I'll go there for some beers or make- makers on the rocks. Full paychecks are better. And since you're at the bar again, if you're friendly, they'll keep them flowing pretty easily. And then my my favorite place now is the View Bar upstairs at the D. They've got a progressive um, on eight five full pay bonus poker, and they'll there's progressives for four of a kinds and above. So you can, you can play a progressive, have a chance to win more. And the bartender there is awesome. And 
they're they're super super quick on the draw. Now, I've heard a lot of people talk about the Bird Bar, which was formerly that was formerly Margaritaville. Oh yes, rest in peace. <laughs> RIP Margaritaville. Now, when Margaritaville was around, it was Nickel Beers, was it not? It was. That was a glorious time. Like <laughs> I I just remember like you know I was in college and you know I would cash out my 11 cents that was left over from the slot machine. And I'd bring it to Bird Bar with two bucks and I'd get two beers. <laughs> and now now they've changed it over to the Bird Bar. Still pretty cheap, but not nickel beer. Yeah, now it's now it's 50 cent beers. Um, it's usually Miller Lite or Coors Light. It's like a rotating domestic. But they're, they're nice. Uh, 12 or 16 ounce. I mean, it's like a, a decent sized plastic cup. They'll let you order two at a time. And it's from five to six every day. And I mean, that's a fun place to meet some people. They got a little like bar rail outside that you can go to. People watching on the strip is incredible. Um, and just kind of the people watching there in general, it's kind of a center strip. You get a view of the Bellagio Fountains if you look the right way. Um, I, I love going there. That's actually where I met that that friend that I brought to the Flamingo for the pizza. Um, you know, you 50 cent beers, the people who know what's up, know what's up and you get to talking to him and it's a fun time. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and uh, just for anyone out there who's competitive, record to beat is six <laughs> in the hour. That's insane. <laughs> um, any other spots along the uh, on the strip or off the strip you recommend for uh, for the low roller for the drinking? Downtown, the downtown cocktail room has an incredible happy hour called the Happy Hour, um, and it's half off everything on their menu. And it's from four to seven every day. Mm-hmm. And it they're a craft cocktail lounge. I mean, it's it's really classy. They're about, you know, $14 drinks, but you get them for seven, which is a little steep. But I mean, it's, it's liquors you've never heard of, stuff you can't pronounce. They have some uh, really inventive stuff. The, the bartenders there are all great. I've become a regular of sorts there. And, you know, if you talk with them and tell them what you want, like say, hey, I'm a bourbon fan. I like something smoky. They'll whip it up for you. I mean, they just do great work there. And it, it's kind of nice to spend that, you know, six or seven dollars and get the experience of a nice little lounge. They kind of have nice music in the background. It's dimly lit. Um, so you, you get to really feel like a high roller without spending too much. I mean, I can go there and the, the, the drinks are strong. I'll have three of them and I'm close on my ass and it's only like 21 bucks. <laughs> so, you know. So we've hit hotels we've hit food we've hit booze i guess the last thing we need to talk about as a low roller is gambling you've kind of prided yourself on this a little bit and figured out how to uh how to how to you know get the most bang for your buck and get the most uh make your your gambling bankroll go a little bit further what tips do you have for people i mean should be you know should people be staying with slots should they be doing table games video poker as a as a low roller what would you recommend for people so i think the main thing above all else is to enjoy what you're doing because if you know realistically you know they don't build caesar's palace the bellagio cosmopolitan they're not building those from giving out money to people gambling, you know, more likely than not, you're going to be making a donation of some amount to the casino. So make sure you're having fun while you're doing it. The free booze helps a lot, but you got to be enjoying what you're playing. Luckily for me, I'm a degenerate and I love everything, but (laughs) I've experienced kind of with everything, um, across the, the board. But you know, if, if you just want to play slots, so what that the odds are a little bit worse than playing blackjack. If, if, if slots are what get you going, then enjoy those. But, you know, if you're sitting there at the machine and you just feel like you're feeding 20s into a, an abyss, then maybe try a table game or do something else. Um, but personally, the, the best values I've found, um, video poker tends to have the best return for a machine. So if you're looking for likelihood of a win or the ability to play for a while without losing your shirt, video poker is a great way to do it. Start with some uh, jacks or better learn basic strategy there and you can expand um, as you get bored with jacks or better or you want bigger payouts um, and more volatility. You can look into the different variants, but finding a good nine, six jacks or better at the quarter level, always max bet because if you don't, you're, you're giving up a lot of the return on that, the Royal, the ever elusive Royal that we all chase. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
I would say bar top video poker at quarters is is a great value. Um, for table games, the minimums can scare people off sometimes because they tend to be higher. Um, a $5 minimum is about as low as you're going to find in Vegas. For blackjack, you're looking for 3-2 rather than 6-5, which means that you're getting 7.50 on a $5 bet for blackjack instead of $6. Um, and that scales up, of course, as you bet more. But 3-2 is, is the way to go there. You can find good $5 3-2 downtown and at Ellis Island. You're going to have to settle for 6-5 on the strip unless they're looking at 10 or 15 bucks a hand for blackjack, which is a bit rich for my low roller blood. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, Pai Gao is a great way to tread water at a table, kind of get your feet wet, 10 or $15 minimum. Um, if you don't do the side bets, people at the table will yell at you on you know, the one in a million chance you get a hand that it would actually pay, but those are kind of a slow bleed. But if you just stick to the base bet, you can be there for a while. And then slots. Um, the big thing to watch out there, cause you know, everyone's always like, oh, I'm going to play the penny slots, but if you're not careful, you can bet 20 bucks a hand on slots without yes. even knowing. Yes, you can. <laughs> this is my public service announcement to all of the listeners here. And I go into it in more detail on Viva Last Value of kind of how it goes. But the first thing you should look at when you sit down at a slot is the denomination. So that can be penny slots, nickel slots, two cent slots sometimes um 10 cent slots quarter slots dollar slots five dollar slots 25 dollar slots hundred dollar slots and that's that's what one credit is and keep in mind you're betting more than one credit every spin yeah unless you're playing the the you know big buck like thousand dollar credit slots where it's like one line you're betting more than one credit a spin so the penny slots you know typically with those your your minimum bet's going to end up being like 40 credits um, all the way up to some of them. I mean, they're up to like four or six dollars now. I think there's even some that are like that. Like Chinese one is like eight eighty eight a spin. I was gonna say there's one that's like eight dollars and eighty cents a spin, and and yeah, I I will freely admit to having been stung by that myself, where you pop a twenty into a machine into a penny slot. And of course, as you say, I mean, you always play max bet. That's where you're, you know, how you're going to make the most money. That's how you're going to get your jackpots, whatever. And you put your 20 in and you hit max bet and you look and go, well, how do I all of a sudden have $2 left? Well, I can tell you the worst one is when you hit the max bet and it makes that ding that says like insufficient credit (laughs) and then you can't get it back because it's already wagered. So you got to feed more into it to get your damn max bet. I did that on video poker once. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's that is like you say that's always a big thing is i'm gonna pay i'm gonna play the penny slots but yeah you got to make sure you know what it is you're betting so yeah just kind of sit down and look at it first before you put the money in if you're a beginner i always tell my friends when i bring them for the first time you know break your money into five dollar bills so the worst you're gonna be out is five bucks even if you do fuck up yeah because it's it's really depressing to just be like what happened? My money is gone. Um, <laughs> and that, that's also a good strategy if you're, if you're drinking heavily, cause I tend to hit the slots at the end of the night when I just kind of want to watch some, some bright colors and lights and stuff and get some music. The Britney Spears ones are my guilty pleasure there. Cause the seat rumbles and it plays the songs and she comes out and like all the different era outfits. And it's, it's a pretty fun time. But talk about self-loathing. It's like, damn it, I gave Brittany another 40 last night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we just call it the Brittany donation at this point. That's that's my mind with the share machine. It's like, ah, sit down and play the share machine. If I could turn back time. Yeah, if I could turn back time, I wouldn't have put 20 bucks in this machine. Yeah, I would take all of my money out of this. Exactly. But I will say one thing, too, in, in terms of betting on the slot machines, I mean, you'll get tons of different advice. Um, I mean, betting max is absolutely the way to, to guarantee the jackpots if you hit them or the highest payout, but you also are risking a lot more. So if you're really on a low roller, I mean, kind of be realistic about how much you have and how, you know, if you're looking for a big hit, then yeah, bet max bet. But if you're trying to nurse your, you know, 50 bucks all day, like, you know, it it can be worth swallowing your pride and going minimum bet. Sure. You might rule out the jackpot, but you're still going to be, you know, if if you buy some fluke hit the the winning combo, you're still going to get a handsome payout. It just won't be, you know, it generally will scale. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the the only time you should absolutely be doing max bet on slots is if you're doing like mega bucks or wheel of fortune. 
make sure you're doing max bet on those because you know, God, God forbid you hit the three wheel of fortunes or the three mega bucks and you're only betting a dollar. Yeah. Cause then you get like 10 grand instead of the, you know, progressive because so much of the return on those is coming from the progressive that you got to be going for the progressive. If you're playing same with video poker, you got absolutely have to max bet on video poker. If you can't do a dollar 25 a hand five, find a nickel machine to be betting a quarter. Don't be, you know, dicking around with like two credits on a quarter video poker machine. Excellent. Well, I think, I mean, we have covered a lot and we have thrown a lot of advice out. Um, of course, let's talk about the website briefly, your website, vivalosvalue.com, up and running, going well, lots of great information on there as well. Yes. I, I threw out a ton of, uh, ton of jargon there. If, if that doesn't make sense, I have guides about each game on there, um, about the denominations, about the players cards, kind of everything we talked about. If you poke around on the website, I've got some stuff written about it. And if you go there and you're like, what the hell, Sergio, you lied to me and that's not there. I, I have a place on there to either leave comments or ask for something I call vice advice, which is basically, basically asking for um, answers to whatever questions you may have about Vegas. And I can't guarantee it will be the best, but it'll be uh, based on my experience. And I'm more than happy to do that. I was talking earlier with Jeff. I've kind of been in a hiatus with the site since I started a new job in a new state and I've been settling back in, but I'd love to get back into the groove of things. So please, please visit it. And if you see something missing and you, you want some content or you have some questions that aren't answered, go ahead and ask me, shoot me a message, get in touch. I'm on Twitter, um, Viva Las Value as well. You know, get in touch with me. I'd love to have an excuse to get writing for the site again or to answer your questions because it's super satisfying to be able to help someone. That's, that's where the site came from. Um, we talked on it way back. What was it, Jeff? Like episode 14? Episode number 14, yeah. Yeah, we talked about where the site came from, and it was just all my friends were coming to me saying, hey, I'm going to go to Vegas, or I'm going to go to the casino, like give me some tips. And I was like, let's bring this to a wider audience. So I love to help uh, corrupt a new new wave of people and turn them on to the, the vices of gambling. So please help me help you do that by asking any questions that aren't answered on there. Well, Sergio, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back on the podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to join me and to chat and uh, look forward to having you back on again and look forward to uh, connecting with you in Vegas at some point soon. Absolutely. It's a pleasure every time we're going to have to coordinate that Vegas trip. Definitely. Always looking for an excuse to get out there. Definitely. Thanks so much, Sergio. Of course. Thank you, Jeff. If you want to check out Sergio's tips and tricks for living life like a high roller on a low roller budget, visit VivaLosValue.com and be sure to follow Sergio on Twitter and Facebook at VivaLosValue. And that puts the wraps on another episode of the podcast. If you've got feedback on this episode of the show or you're after suggestions on where to stay, where to eat, what to see and what to do on your next Las Vegas vacation, or you've got ideas for topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast, feel free to reach out to me via Twitter, Facebook or Instagram at Jeff Does Vegas or email me directly at Jeff at WalkerNewMedia.com. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are available. Make sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. And don't forget to visit JeffDoesVegas.com for past episodes and show notes. My name is Jeff, and this has been episode number 39 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast, a Walker New Media production. 